This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in on a Role Play Wednesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Thanks for being with us, guys. I am Danny Williams along with Jake Meyer. We are live from Mile High Sports Studios here in the Tech Center. We appreciate you guys being with us here. Just wrapped up the radio show for the day. Uh, we do it at 98.1 FM here in Denver. Uh, you just can you can get anywhere at milehighsports.com. You can watch it from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. here, uh, our time in Denver. Um, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. You can get podcasted versions of it later on. Radio on demand tab at Mile High Sports. Uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you'd like the podcast, well, then you'll most definitely um, enjoy the radio show. Jake, how are you, bro? Chacho? Doing well, Danny. Thanks for asking. Uh, it was a. Uh you know, first pod of the week, so I'm glad to get back to it. We had we needed a break. We've been hitting this pod all season long, every single weekday. You know, some days we're doing two. You know, we're making it happen uh, because, for one, the Broncos were in this thing. The Broncos mattered, and the Broncos gave us a bit of a ride for this season. You know, now that the ride is kind of seemingly over, we need a little day or two, I think, to recalibrate. You know, death of Dan Reeves has happened in the, you know, since the football weekend. The Chargers uh, dismantled the Broncos exactly like we thought they would. You know, and I came to just a little bit of a realization or maybe even a conclusion. The, the Like the defense, which has been like the backbone of this team. They were playing good football because they had some something to play for. The pieces, like when you separate all the pieces out, you're like, eh, Sertan's a good player. And, uh, you know. Um, Bradley Chubb's all right. Bradley Chubb's all right. And Kenny Young was a. Uh, role player on a good team and Baron Brownie has the defense really guys I'm like I don't know how they've done this they're not all that talented they're really not you got to give it up to like the coordination okay and the collective kind of you know manpower the group uh, uh, regular men come together and do great things my point um, once you have nothing to play for it's like you're you're not they haven't been exposed, but now they've been, like, revealed. They've looked at each other, and they're like, uh, it's just, how do we even do this up to this point? It's That's how it feels a right. little bit. Uh, and my point is, that's how we knew the Broncos were going to get killed by the Chargers this last weekend, and that's how I know that they lose 30-10 to 10 against the Chiefs this week, too. So, you know, again, uh, once the Broncos were eliminated about a week ago, you know the podcast. Pod, the podcast has conformed and changed just a little bit to now being about the future and you know bigger picture Broncos thoughts, feelings, aspirations, the whole thing. So we're at the point of the Broncos season where you know we're on a road trip, right? And you know you're you're on vacation, but we're on the way back home. You know, and nobody likes the trip back home. It, Ooh, it, I like the, that analogy. It like takes Damn, so much one. longer yeah. to get home than it does to get to your actual destination of your vacation. That's where the Broncos season is at right now, where they're just dragging along, and the the all the fun and games is over, and you got to go back home to the off season to another um, quarterback search, another head coaching Damn. search, back to the normal uh, run of the mill Broncos stuff that has been going on for the past half decade. That's um, crazy. Um, it's, you know, where do you go from here? It's on George Payton to, to he's got a plan, okay? 
at least I hope that any general manager has a plan coming in and like a philosophy and a blueprint for an end game result of like at this point we should be having this kind of success. I think there's general managers, Jake, who get the job and I don't say go through the motions, but they don't like if a guy is up, they extend him or they move on from him. Right. Uh, if a coach, you know, if the going gets tough and they're, you know, the coach is struggling, they're going to fire a coach and bring another coach in. I, I think some, some guys do the job, but with not like a real vision and maybe a blueprint and even maybe a plan on how to turn the corner, win games, and then ultimately win a championship. For one, sometimes you don't have enough time to do it. Right. Two years, three years to do so. Um, and so that's, you know, that's part of the problem a little bit here. I don't think it's been part of the problem here. I definitely wouldn't say it's been part of the problem here. Um, there's not enough talent here. But also Vance Joseph wasn't a great coach in order to have realized uh, the great talent. And same thing with Vic Fangio. He'd have held back any real talent that we have. So, um, you know, not in this tenure here of post Broncos championship, Peyton Manning success. Has there ever been a coach who got his guys to overachieve? There hasn't been a young budding prospect of a quarterback other than Drew Locke for one season that people could believe in and buy in. But again, he was a second round pick, a flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, they created another second round pick. I can't remember how they did it. Uh, Dal- uh, drafted Dalton Reisner, Cortland Sutton in the second round, found somehow find their way to to Drew Locke, who was more again what I would call a flyer um see what this kid can bring yeah rather than a plan and then somehow at some point drew lock became like the incumbent and um you know was able to position himself to where i don't know he was the starting quarterback for the season for the way i look at it a couple of years and again that's not a guy who was given it and should have maybe been given it because of his draft status. It was just the state of the franchise and where they were at. And, you know, he was the next kind of guy up and their only hope, a guy who, um, if he wasn't taken in the second round by the Broncos might've been a third round pick or a fourth round pick, to be honest with you, Jake. So water under the bridge, I guess. Um, some of the narratives, some of the talk, a little bit of the talk around town is, uh, can Vic Fangio save his job? I, you know, those people who are saying that, again, that's not us, and that's not like this radio station. It's not this network. Um, it's it's crazy talk. Um, I don't understand it. I never will. Vic Fangio will be fired on Sunday, okay? They play at 2.30 on Saturday, and after they get killed, he'll probably be notified. Maybe we'll know Saturday night, at, you know, but definitely, most certainly by Monday. Maybe they don't want, you know, maybe because um, they care about Vic a little bit and he has a bit of relationship with some of the guys, they'll do it, um, you know, throughout Sunday into Monday, and they won't just blow it up And because there's not necessarily any ill will. Um um, I'm ready for a breath of fresh air. It's been three years with Vic Fangio. Three years, like in what, like a bad relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like there's some highs and there's some lows. The very beginning, you get excited, and then it's just like you know what other you know relationship, whether it's business or pleasure or anything, would there be a, you would go through where you know you have three years of just um, never really having success and um, being underwhelmed repeatedly you know yeah and just disappointment after disappointment at some point you're gonna break it off 
and that's what the Broncos should absolutely do. And, and there's, to me, there's no way Vic Fangio keeps his job. Um, I mean, he was what one for nine, one for eight. Uh, for challenges this year, his clock management has been awful. Yeah, his defense is great, but um, we'll see if they can keep that up or if they if he loses the locker room. You know what? Room. The defense is all right. The numbers said that they were good for a long time, but like when it's all you do, your bread and butter, your entire focus, and you have the highest paid defense in the NFL. I mean, what else? You, what else are you going to expect? That defense isn't changing, I mean, altering the world, changing lives. It's definitely not doing that. You know what I mean? Right. So. Um, it's, it's not good enough for them to be a, a playoff team. They're not a playoff caliber of defense. So, you know, what are they really? They're a team in flux. They're a team searching for answers. There's a team with a little bit of hope. It's like, um, you know, the rebuild you know, it's like there is a foundation. It's like we don't we, maybe we just pop the top off and just build around or, you know, there's some good bones here. We like this, you know, old style brick here in these Victorian Denver houses with the high ceilings. So we don't want to tear the whole thing down. There's a few things we could work with that we do like here. It's just kind of what it is. It's on someone to come in here and put it all together. It's on George Payton to put it all together. All, all the ingredients. OK, all the best ingredients is what George Payton needs to do. And then you have a coach here who has all the best ingredients to choose from to try to find a way to make this cook and not only cook, but taste good and then thrive and maybe even be an award winning dish. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah put so it you, we could analogy it for forever all day long. But like in the end, the truth is the Broncos are uh, a poop team and they're not complete shit you know <laughs> right but right. they're they, they they got some problems and they need to resolve some they need a real coach with a real vision and a real plan uh and they need a real quarterback like any team jake like any team but also Damn, man, you know, they don't have they're not gonna be able to have the number one overall pick, but look what Joe Burrow does for you. They're not going to uh, you know, um let's see here. Let me give you another compare of a team that's turned it here, man. Look at the Herbert and the Chargers. You know, Herbert was off a lot of people's radar, off a lot of people's boards. Chargers took a, a gamble on themselves. The rest is history. Mac Jones almost looks like the perfect guy for the job. Right. And the perfect guy for the job doesn't fall into your lap at 15. Mm -mm. So, you know, some things aren't accidents, man. To think that, you know, if we, the Patriots go to the AFC Championship game or something crazy this year, you know, and are competing for championships again in the next couple of years – People are going to be pulling their hair out and killing themselves that they didn't go make a move on Mac Jones. But, again, it's the brilliance of Belichick um, that helps make Mac Jones Mac Jones. We had a caller today, okay, who was like, well, who is it, Brady or Belichick or what if Mac Jones ends up being great and they go win a championship with Mac Jones? Well, it's all the things. It's Belichick spotting the greatness in Brady and mm -hmm. spotting the greatness in Mac Jones and then helping them realize the talent – um, the um, um, development of the talent and then the, you know, the play calling and the coordination around it to go out there and fill the team to win games. It's not easy. So many things have to happen. So many guys. It's, you know, almost incredible the production and, you know, that it takes to go out there to put an NFL on the NFL team on the field each week and then be able to win a game. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's right. not easy. It's not easy. And I really just think it's like 
a couple, two, three, four great men who turn the tide, who steer the ship in the the right or the wrong direction. And that's, you know, obviously a quarterback and that's a coach. A great coach might be able to get some more out of a lesser quarterback. A great quarterback can win with a shit coach. So the quarterback's the most important. But also you find a combination of the two or somewhat semblance of two, you know, both. And you have great things. Is Mike Tomlin the best coach in the NFL? No, but he's a top five. Is Big Ben the best quarterback in the league? No, but he's always been a top five. Put those things together, what do you get? Tomlin hadn't had a losing season in 15 years. They won two championships. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like crazy. You know, it's it's what it is. So um, the one bad yeah. part about you know this season in particular is that their defense was great. You know, you say that they played all right, um, and you know they don't have too much talent. But if you look at the numbers, the points per game allowed. 18.4 points per game allowed this season. And if you look back at 2015, it's arguably one of the greatest defenses in the history of the National Football League is 18.5. <laughs> so technically, the numbers say that this year's defense was better in points per game. But that's Listen, the only saving grace for defense, Vic Fangio. But the defense is being hung out to dry by the offense. So the defense is either overachieved a little bit or, you know, there's like, I don't, I'm not just going to give credit to the defense for the reason why they've had, oh, it is the reason why they were, had any success. It is. But also so much focus and emphasis is put on the defense that it takes away from the offense a little bit. I'm willing to give a little, you know, a defense back for more offense, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a waste in either way. It's a waste. It's like the Nuggets and Jokic right now. It's like, how much longer are you going to waste this guy's prime? How much longer are you going to waste an MVP in his prime, you know? Right. I mean, that's the thing. You're wasting all that. Per- it's all about timing. And we talked about it on the show. You know, everything's about timing. Well, every NFL practice game, you know, loss, you take an L that you don't have a quarterback is a waste. And these guys are very easy to talk about getting a good one, and, and but almost impossible to really obtain. But impossible, mm-hmm. um, you know what's in the word impossible? Possible. Possible. Okay. So when someone says it's impossible, I don't take that as 0% chance. I take that as odds are stacked against you. Yeah. Let's go beat the impossible. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, to me, I just feel like the Broncos can go in two different directions. They can make, they're due for a splashy off season. Okay? Yes. They're due for a splashy offseason, and it starts with Russell Wilson seems more attainable now than Aaron Rodgers. I agree. Russell Wilson seems more attainable than Aaron Rodgers. Um, And there's a lot of things that work with Russell Wilson coming here, uh, from the Dan Quinn factor stuff to the, um, hey, Russell, what's your motivation? Being unlimited. There's, like, having Russell have some say – He's 33 years old. You can, like, see yourself committing to him for five years. You know what I mean? Really ride or die. Aaron Rodgers is so 
you know, one a one year at a time proposition. I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers any, you know, and expect any more out of him than having a successful twenty twenty two. Absolutely, and, and like competing for a championship. That doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be tw- good, you know, that you know great again in twenty twenty three. Payne had like three years and he was washed. He had about you know yeah, two and a half so or three time. years and he was you know into the late thirties here and he was kind of washed. I feel like you're going to get the same thing with Rodgers. Rodgers is going to play like Brady. He's not going to play into he's forty five like Brady. I doubt it. I think Rodgers plays a couple more years. And do you know what? If you're only going to play a couple more years, why wouldn't you do it in Green Bay? If yeah. you're going to go try to have a career renaissance and almost like a second career somewhere else, well, where, where you know where would you do that? Where could you and should you do that? On a place that wins championships, has a reputation in history of winning championships, is a winning at all costs organization. Are the Broncos a winning at all costs organization? I would I'd say, say yeah. so, yes. I'd say the answer to that is yes. I mean, there's only about 10 of those. Win at all costs organizations. The 49ers, the Steelers. Um, the Pat, the the Cowboys, the Patriots, um, win at all cost organizations. I say the 49ers, I think yeah. I did. Um, who am I leaving off the table here? The Broncos are one of those. I mean, it's like a, a franchise you know is never going to settle for second best. They're going to go swing for the fences. There's only a handful of them. Um, I think that's it. I might be leaving someone off the board there, but, you know, I, I'd i like that. I like how we just defined that and qualified that as winning at all costs organizations. Whatever that's it takes. What, that's what Russell Wilson should – that's not the Dolphins. I'm not sure if that's the Saints. Maybe they've turned into that a little bit, but also I think they just rode the Drew Brees wave. I don't think that's who they really are. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, like I know the Broncos are really a championship franchise. I know it. You know what I mean? Um I don't know. That's it. Let's talk about Dan Reeves for a sec because we haven't. Um, Nine guys in NFL history have won 200 games. Um, And all those guys on that list are the greatest, literally the greatest coaches of all time, except for the two guys at the bottom of the list, Marty Schottenheimer and Dan Reeves, who both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Dan Reeves, nine uh, championships as a player and as a coach. It was part of uh, Ring of Famer as a player with the Cowboys, an all-time great Cowboy, um, all-time great Denver Broncos coach. That 200 win marker is a very powerful. It's more than Cower. It's more than lots and lots. The Harbaugh's and the Tomlin's, all those guys. It's more than all of those guys the Shanahan's yep okay so um not a self-promoter soft-spoken old school fell out of the limelight but what he did going to Atlanta and winning okay taking the um the Falcons to a Super Bowl is pretty incredible and then to wrap up and kind of end his legacy with the drafting and the helping of the drafting of Michael Vick letting Michael Vick kind of loose a little bit there uh, incredible life, incredible legacy, 77 years old. Dan Reeves will be one of these guys who has to die before, you know, um, f- former players, Hall of Fame voters, the committee, all these people realize what an incredible career he had to then finally put him into the Hall of Fame. Um, saw him at Hacienda last year. 
Gave that little coaches, hey, what's up, coach? A little winky. Uh, Give me one back. Strictly business, yeah, had a charm to him, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's it, man. Um, This franchise owes a lot, a lot, a lot of its success to Dan Reeves. Right. You know, uh, he's before my time, but, you know, I've I've heard nothing but great things. And, you know, since he's passed, I've heard uh, a lot. And I, I also heard that, you know, when he was with the Cowboys, you know, playing under Tom Landry, Tom Landry even put him as a, a, a player's coach. He was a, the tight ends coach. He was the tight end yeah. coach along Damn, with playing that. in the game. So that that you just never see that. And that just a, is a testament to no, you never see. That's old really school. Is. That stuff's old school, you know. Um, yeah, an all-time great. Really, truly uh, an all-time great. And um, he will be missed. Pretty sad. And what else can you say? You know, that's all... Um, He's a great. He is an all-time great. Well-deserved. I'd like to see him in the Hall of Fame one day. <laughs> we'll do some more podcasts the rest of the week as we lead up to the Chiefs game on Saturday. Today is Wednesday right now, Wednesday afternoon. Um, I think that's about it. This was a little bit of uh, maybe get some stuff off our chest podcast. Uh, we hadn't been in since last week. We needed a day or two off after that loss, recalibrate a little bit. And, you know, try to feel good again about, like, the future of this franchise, which I do, Jake. I really, really do. You know, I don't know what Joe Ellis's future is with this franchise and the ownership status of this franchise. I really don't know. Um, That stuff is up in the air. But, like, I know that the Broncos, I believe, are going to sell this team to the right guy. And I believe the Broncos, whoever they hire next to be the coach – Dan Quinn, Scott Peterson, Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, I'm going to believe that this guy's going to be the right guy. For one, because it's been so bad, I'm just going to believe in goodness. But also, yeah. I'm a law of averages guy, man, and they've had a couple of swings and misses here with Fangio and Vance. And I'm going to go believe that the next guy's going to be the right hire. I'm going to believe that because it's the Broncos, man. It's the Denver Broncos. And they know what it takes. We know what it looks like and feels like and smells like, all that kind of stuff, man. So... Uh, you know, go Broncos. Not this week, and they get crushed. But I want this to be a, a an incredible off season. I want George Payton to hit home runs. I want Russell Wilson to be my quarterback. I know he's quirky and weird, but also Aaron Rodgers is kind of a son of a bitch too. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like pick your poison. Do you I mean, want Kirk Cousins? Kind of a weirdo. You want I a mean, goofball or you want uh, Jameis Winston's like uh, uh, a bit of a magoo. I mean, it's like wh- who? Let's eat that W. Yeah, it's like who and what exactly? Exactly, who is the perfect quarterback? I thought that was Aaron Rodgers until he got a little weird on it. You know, I was like, I want my quarterback to be a jerk, just like Aaron Rodgers. Well, not only a jerk, he's a little bit of a. You know, a flat earther, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, He's got a little bit of Kyrie in him. He does have a lot of bit of Kyrie in him. Um, I want me a Joe Burrow, but I don't want to have to. You know what I want? Do you know what I want? I want me a, a Herbert. It's reasonable. I swear to God, Jake, there's another Justin Herbert in this draft. I don't know if there's another Josh Allen or Mahomes, but there's another Herbert. I can see that. And for Herbert sure. might step into the category of Allen and Mahomes right quick, very, very quickly here. I mean, he's got two seasons with 30 touchdowns plus. I he, want, he just broke the record for the Chargers' uh, touchdowns in a single season. So he's he's on the right track, and he's going to be a great in this league. I want a great young quarterback. I don't think that's asking for too much, is it? I no. want a great young quarterback who um, 
has a chance to be a superstar and have it, who I know has a chance to, you know, b- deliver a Super Bowl. For one, the criteria is I got to have a guy who could throw 30 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. Not throw zero to one touchdown through two games. And everyone be like, that Drew Locke didn't look too bad. What the fuck? Maybe he, he could be the starter he next year. He threw for 150 yards. It's shit. He's, he's below average. L- raise your expectations, okay, people? Um, if I can't get a guy who can throw the ball around the field for um, two touchdowns a game is the bare minimum, times 17 games equals 34 touchdowns, then get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Then it's a waste. If I don't have that, if I'm not trying to develop that guy, then you ain't going nowhere. nowhere. Right? Yeah, I'm with you. You right. know, the, the quarterback makes all the difference. Um, and if you get a young guy to build around and he just takes the league by storm, then that's the best case scenario. So, so you can have him for the, the entirety of his Herbert career. Herbert wasn't supposed to happen. Mahomes wasn't supposed to happen. Josh Allen wasn't supposed to happen. Burrow was supposed to happen. Number one overall pick. Yeah, Burrow was supposed to happen. Mac Jones wasn't necessarily supposed to happen. Um, Lamar Jackson was not supposed to happen. Guys, I'm not... Asking for a, a Bitcoin, I'm not asking for Joe Burrow. I'm asking for a Joe Burrow level of um, quarterback that you can find with the eighth, tenth, twelfth pick. Period. Let's in this thing. Back tomorrow with another one. Broncos Blitz podcast. Where can you find it, Jake? You can find it anywhere you find podcasts: uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, Podbean, and literally anywhere. Uh, MyLifeSports.com. You can check us out there. Uh, you can check the radio show out there as well. You can watch us on our live stream, uh, Twitch, uh, My, uh, My Life Sports app. There's just so many ways to access all of our content that we create for you every single day. All right, good job, Jake Meyer. I'm Danny Williams. We appreciate you guys. I'm going to tweet Danny on Twitter. Jason Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter as well. We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.